Hello, and welcome to Confidently Wrong, a show by regular dudes talking with confidence about content we have no right to speak about with any kind of authority, but do it anyway. I'm Wesley Nakamura, and as always, I'm joined by award-winning director Brian Redondo and Savan Jones, aka Captain Bonnie. This is episode 85, and we discuss the premiere of Andor, the latest Star Wars show featuring Diego Luna. I'm confident that it's going to be the best show you've ever listened to, and well, hey, if it's not, you can always ask us for a refund. Welcome, gentlemen. We're back, and it's living large time with Confidently Wrong. It's We're so here. large. We're here to talk about... It's not all about size, Brian. We're here to talk about Andor, the newest show. I don't even know what to call it. The newest experience... It's a show. ...from Disney Plus, <laughs> Lucasfilms, all of the above, Star Wars universe, starring Diego Luna as Cassian Andor, a character we last saw in Rogue One, which confusingly comes after this show because this is like a prequel to rogue one which is a prequel to a new hope you know so but but not like the prequel trilogies it like it fits in between you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying it fits but technically it's a sequel to the clone wars saga oh and we lost him now now look Maybe? whose internet is failing <laughs> brian is just frozen staring at his internet. ceiling <laughs> but well, no sound is coming out. I feel His... way better. I thought that was me. I was like, ooh, that was going to be you. I was like, no way that's me. I thought <laughs> I addressed this preemptively. Yeah, Savan was like, my internet is really unstable. I'm going to switch it up to the hotspot. You know, use that corporate theft here. Stealing of the hotspot. Why are you dry snitching? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, y'all hear this audience? West is dry snitching so hard. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Should we wait for Brian to come back or should we just continue the show so he can join in when he comes back? If this was a live stream, we would just keep the show going, you know? Yeah, this would be funnier in the editing booth, so <laughs> for you at least. So, <laughs> Nah, I don't edit shit anymore. I just I just let it ride. Whatever's in there is in there from the beginning, from the end. I cut yeah. the beginning, I cut the end, and then that's it. Whatever's in the middle is in the middle. All right, so we're talking about Andor, though. Uh Andor. Yeah, so we were saying, what's Rogue One? So yeah. For so what's audience, Rogue One, Savon? Because you know, I don't remember anything. Like that was what, like five years ago, six years ago. I came out in like 2016. Yeah, there's no way I'm so, gonna remember any of that. Yeah, Jin or so. That's what I remember. It's not the worst thing to remember. All so right. yeah, for my people who are not remembering everything, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, came out in 2016. Very successful movie. It existed as a prequel, somewhat, as Wes said, to A New Hope. It takes place between the movies, and it had its own completely original cast that involves a ragtag group of various just vagabonds and ne'er do wells and rebels. Ne'er do wells. I'm saying they didn't all, you know, so, yeah. This is a know. workplace Savon summary. Ne'er do well. What is ne'er do well bad? Is no, that a bad word? That's a great word. Oh, so I thought you were saying like just, that was a swear or something. No, 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 no. You're just, you're just workplace Savon right now. I'm like, I'm, I'm liking gotta, the change up. Oh, workplace. Gotta, Are there yeah. ne'er do wells at your workplace? <laughs> you got to get out of there, on, man. Depends on what you mean by that. You no, know what uh, I mean by that. <laughs> no, <laughs> this ain't but, Apex Savon or New Orleans Savon. This I don't is know workplace what you're ta- Savon. I don't, know. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no idea. No idea. But for my people who haven't okay, seen so it. Okay, so that's yeah, Rogue One. Rogue One, it's uh, a ragtag group of people. They end up basically stealing the plans that allows for the Death Star to even be vulnerable. But great movie ends up being an extended suicide mission, basically, where most of the main cast dies. In fact, not most of. Everyone dies. But one of those characters that Diego Luna plays, yeah, this is his story. So it takes place before. This is him and the events of his life leading up before he actually ends up with the Rebels. And so, yeah, we're getting to see how he got there. We're getting a much grittier, darker side of the Star Wars world because it's a lot more removed from the Empire and Jedi conflicts that we see majority of the time i also wanted to add that it was that this show is sort of being headed by tony gilroy not someone i'm familiar with but he also wrote rogue one so he's very familiar with thinking through like who this character was leading up to that movie so i'm sure he wanted to flesh that out some more so great get for for disney to to have him stay on the project or to get into the project he also wrote beirut and he also wrote some of my favorite movies, which is the Bourne trilogy, 
uh, all three of the the original ones, Born Identity, Born Supremacy, and Born Ultimatum. Uh, Born Ultimatum gets really good. I think that's I think that still stands up many 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 years later as an action movie and a, a, you know kind of a, an adventure thriller through through different great you know locations so this guy has been in the you know he, he's been in the business he's very experienced and mm-hmm. has written some really good stuff um so i think all of that is really leading to a show that despite having i think probably has different directors would be my guess um has been has just been like really fun to see so Compared to Obi-Wan and Mandalorian and Boba Fett, which I think are natural comparisons because they're all these Disney Plus shows in the Star Wars universe, this feels, to me at least, it feels kind of different. And I'm not I'm not even sure how to explain what it is. Maybe, Brian, you've, you've seen um, the episode, so maybe from a filmmaker's perspective, you can kind of peel back the curtain, so to speak, on, on what they're doing. But in general, are you guys enjoying this show? It To me, it feels really cool and interesting and, like, lived in so i'm i've just been really interested brian yeah i think there's a lot of things going on in this show i mean the lived in thing is one aspect of it that does make that does set it apart from the rest of the star wars universe which is you know which tends to be verging more on the fantastical side of things and you know you know space epic drama and whatever but this show is way more grounded and i think a big part of that is the genre approach to this show is very different from the rest of Star Wars, right? Like even the opening scene of the first episode, it feels less like we're on some planet in the Star Wars universe. It's not Tatooine or anything. It actually feels a lot more like Blade Runner, right? It it has it has kind of the you know cyberpunk aesthetic that, to some that's degree. What I was thinking, right? That's what I was thinking, and, no, that's what I was thinking. and you got this guy, and it's raining. It's dark. It's raining. He's he might as well be in a trench coat walking into <laughs> an illicit bar where he's got to throw down with some you know drunk thugs who are giving him a hard time as he's searching for a missing person. Right? That all of that screams to me crime noir um, with the cyberpunk edge. Right. And mm-hmm. and that I think that that kind of energy persists throughout the rest of the series, even if the locations change, you do get that sense of, you know, of, of darkness, of this gritty crime underground that Cassian is involving himself in. You know, he's got he's got his fence. He's got marks. Uh, you know, he's got buyers and they're all they're all doing this form of double speak whenever they're interacting. They're like, uh, you know, they're using jargon that that criminals use in the underworld, but that people like us have to work to understand what they're actually trying to get across. Right. So you have this very sharp, tense dialogue. You know, Cassian's trying to get a buyer. He's trying to get off planet. But do it in a way that nobody knows and it's going to cost some extra. Um, plus he needs it to happen immediately. So, you know, he's got to barter for all these things. So you, you have a lot of this inner, a lot of these interactions going on where there's duplicity, there's conflict. Uh, you know, people obviously have different agendas. We don't know who to trust. Um, and so all of that builds into this kind of Tim, tense, God, sucked. tense Tim. energy uh, that, you know, I don't. I don't think we get a lot of in the rest of Star Wars, right? Where you know it's just a battle between good and evil, and uh, you know, <laughs> Jedi's talking about midichlorians and and some nonsense like that. This is this is this could really work actually in you know other IP and you know uh, in in its own little sandbox of the of the universe, right? Um, and so I think that that really is what sets it apart from the rest. Mm-hmm. I love the I, I love the beginning when he's in the brothel and they didn't like pull punches about it being a brothel, right? A little just little bits of them leaning into the this is a bit more mature. But I just love the whole I'm looking for a lady. What kind of lady you looking for? This kind. I'm like, well, we got this kind. No, I'm looking for this kind. And yeah, you know, I the, the, I love that double speaks. I'm like, all right, I know he's not about to out. I know he's not out here just cruising for booty, but clearly there's something <laughs> else going on. But it, yeah, man, I'm 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 digging it, dude. It's out the intro, the, the beginning sequence too is dope because that was probably one of the only of all the sequences of Star Wars I've seen in my life. That one probably made a blaster feel the most dangerous. 
to oh, your yeah. point. Like, do y'all not feel that way? Like when they pull that oh, blast yeah. on your boy, never that was the only time in Star Wars I was just like, Oh, you're in trouble, dude. <laughs> Most of the time blasters are meant to just have create this feeling of conflict, but not really be an actual danger. You're getting shot at, no one's getting hit. But nah, he was just straight up, nah, pistol to the back of your head, run those pockets. You this is a, you know, you're getting robbed. <laughs> oh man, that is that that is very that is very real. That was very realistic. Like, man, that's how I go. And then the outcome the the outcome of that shakedown, right? Yo. He turns around, somebody gets a blaster to the face. Yeah, he manslaughters one dude. I'm like, all right, cool, that was an accident, stuff happened, and he feeling bad, but then he straight up execution style is like, oh. Wow. I'm like, oh, all right, we're really doing this. Like they, they clearly were trying to make a point early on to say, hey, this ain't like your other Star Wars bits. You know, this no, we by any means necessary. It's gonna get gritty. Our main character immediately shoots a man on his knees, begging for his life, to let you know it's one of them kind of shows. Yeah, I mean, he can't, and that's one of the themes, right? Is that he can't get out of his own way. He's he's come up with challenges and you see a glimpses of them throughout the first few episodes of challenges he's faced both before and now and he keeps sort of tripping up over the things that would have been the way out right he's, he's always shiesty. trying to yeah he's trying to come up with like a new scheme to get out of his previous bind his friend he owes all his friends money and his plan to get them their money is to like do some other scheme and and do some other you know heist or something like that or some other job to get the money to pay back his friends or his acquaintances and all that it's just it's it's a really like interesting network that you're really trying to just figure out as it goes on and the the what was nice about it i thought was they didn't really like try and over explain everything like obviously they explained it enough that you could get it but you did have to kind of work for it. I think Brian is right, right? Like the the scene where he's talking with his friend, I think it was Brasso, one of the one of the workers on Ferrix, and he um oh, I don't know if it was Ferrix. It's it's the one where they have the the hammers and the miners or whatever. Um and, and his friend concoct he he concocts a story to his friend about where he was last night and how they were hanging out, and his friend like without missing a beat like adds on to his story. And it's just like in real life, I don't know that that would happen, right? J- exactly, you know, in the, the same smooth way. But on screen, it just works. You're like, ooh, these guys are in it. They they like know each other. They can. You never had it. an illicit conversation yeah. with a friend about something that shouldn't <laughs> happen because that was extreme. I can think of several people where if I walked to them and I just started saying, "Hey, bro, yesterday you did blah 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 blah," <laughs> and I was at blah 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 blah, they yeah. know what's up. Yeah, but I got friends who are like, um. Don't involve me in your fucking mess. And then they walk away. Yeah. 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 But he he didn't just say, oh, yeah, I got you. I got you, fam. You know, he was like, let's let's add on to the story to to explain, like, why your face, you know, has that extra thing on it. Like, let's make it, like, actually real. So they had not maybe done this exact thing before, but you could tell they, they were... Of the same like ilk, they, and they, t- knew they know each other. Going. Yeah, and and they knew what was coming, right? Like without having to explain it, they knew like, hey, if you're starting to make up a story like this, like things are about to go a little bit off the rails. Mm-hmm. We better be prepared in a really serious way because this security group is, you know, is a threat to them and in, in the way that they're living their lives. So, um, and, and you get all of that just from these conversations that he's having with with the people around him. So great i don't know just great job by them on on doing stuff like that uh and and he's an underdog in this way right like we're starting to learn like he had a had a real i'm mean, imparting the french like a really effed up fucked up childhood it seems like right things things kind of went down on his planet it's, it's star wars bro aces yeah. are pretty uh <laughs> par pretty standard issue yeah adverse childhood experiences i mean you know luke luke had a pretty, kids getting you know, killed what do you know nice childhood but yeah, yeah, up until so, his family got murdered right? when he was 18 out with the desert man. He finds yeah. their burning corpses at his home and then leaves but to fight in a galactic civil war. Till then was probably fairly normal. <laughs> but uh, I he will got say... kidnapped by Reva and Obi-Wan and she tried to kill his family. He oh, was yeah, a kid. Happen. It was a little retcon. But it, before that, it was peaceful. Wes. <laughs> 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 but I would say, though, that the uh, that the way it's portrayed in this... The, the dread and terror of what's about to go down and what's going to happen to all these kids feels a lot higher than it has in other Star Wars vehicles. It's un because it's like unspoken, right? So, we haven't seen what happens. We just see the little inklings around the security team, like the, all the white coat guys in, in that big 
like beautiful conference. By the way, the design of that conference room is just amazing. Oh, you want to um, work there? I think they're hiring. <laughs> the yeah, but we haven't seen like a Vader enforcer. We've really not seen them do anything. It's just they're omnipresent, right? They're monitoring everything. It's the surveillance of it that actually is the biggest, like big bad here, yeah. right? Right. So far, yeah. yeah I don't they're know. They're way scarier. Yeah, right. It's the the threat of what could come, not an individual they can really focus their energies on. So, yeah, I I agree with that. There's this looming tension and threat about what's about to happen. And we know, right, this is not the fully fledged empire yet. Right. They're going to become even stronger in the next few years. And so you're just like, oh, my goodness, if these guys get caught now or they mess up like Mm -hmm. this, is this is really going to be the end of it. Mm-hmm. One thing I'll add, because you were saying, what's the difference between this show and the other Star Wars shows? This is the biggest difference. <clears throat> our friend, our friend Andor, he, how do I put this? He's just a dude. And normally when I say someone's just a dude, I say it in a bad way to yeah. describe them as unremarkable or not being able to, you know, not fitting into the world that they're in. But in this sense, him being just a dude works because when you watch Obi-Wan struggle on screen, you know at some point he's going to activate badass Obi-Wan and use the Force and lightsabers. So even when things are a struggle, you're like, I know what his ceiling is. Same with Boba Fett. Same with Mando. They both have times where they're kind of, even when they're low and in a struggle, you know that there's potential of them to wait till he gets his armor, wait till he gets all his weapons and badass gear and ship and just, they're completely decked out heroes. Yeah. This is he is not that. He's sleazy, he's in debt and has burned and overtapped into every relationship he has. He's not <laughs> some badass with a laser arm or a sword. He's a dude, a, a crafty kind of shicey dude who's very resourceful, but at its at its core a dude. And it makes the challenges of his situations a lot more real because he doesn't have just some type of ability or thing that can bail him out or a squad of goons and people who serve him he's really just got him and you know family but even in it's strained family relationships and to your point Wes for this show there isn't a even antagonist there isn't a a Vader emperor presence who can just embody all of the antagonist force they just exist yeah you know it's like it's just the government right yeah yeah. she's she's trying to fight the system almost here right and the system is that's almost scary yeah Yeah. it's just it's just to your point (laughs) it's very impersonal and just omnipresent and just there and yeah you're not you're not picking cassie and andor in like tekken 8 right he's he doesn't come with he doesn't come with any powers or a power set of any exactly he's a dude yeah so it really sells the idea of the overwhelming odds and you know for whatever challenges i'm sure he's going to find himself in you know that it'll be satisfying to watch but it's not just going to be him badassing his way out of it because when it's all said and done he doesn't have the resources or information or any of the stuff he really has no advantages against the people he's up against yeah this is not a superheroes versus super villains show like a lot of other star wars properties um and I mean, in episode three, Andor, Andor takes a shot, a blaster shot, right? So, Ooh. like, he's not, you know, yes, he does have some plot armor because we know he's in Rogue One, uh, but he takes a hit. We don't, we don't see that in Star Wars. Yeah, you don't. As have you to said, die blasters, be... blaster battles are kind of just background fireworks for the most part <laughs> in star wars but that boba fett boba fett got pretty injured in in book of boba yeah, fett he yeah had and they had their, to... yeah and they had that yeah but they had their armor and they were getting yeah. lit up but they also yeah. had a fight where they're literally just tanking like they're still t- eating damage obviously <laughs> yeah. but that's different than just a dude without armor who doesn't have a badass bounty hunter on who's just working for him for free like you're really we really i think don't realize how decked out these protagonists and these other star wars shows actually are they get a pretty good amount of resources they have goons yeah. and actual friends and and cassian <laughs> is not a crack shot with the blaster either you know no, they were they were not knocking no, he's not out Han solo yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> like one sh- just one shotting like every like mob character that yeah. comes at him uh, you know, they had to use their wits to get out of that situation. Um, and the only way they're, you know, evading the, the corporate law enforcement uh, is basically doing some terrorist stuff, really. Oh, so they lean into that in the later episodes. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. See, it's it's I, definitely a big part of the show. It's, it's a big. That's part exciting, because you know that's one of the hardest things. You know, that's one of the challenging parts about rebel stuff is that when you're really at war, there's absolutely rough stuff being done on both sides. And not to say that the rebels still aren't sympathetic, but it it makes for a more interesting narrative. Like, all right, oh we'll no, they haven't the done they haven't means. done rough rough stuff yet. I, it was it was it was just like they destroyed the building, they blew up some stuff. I mean, that's yeah. Like, they that's they a, set off yeah. They set off this, explosives, cause, uh, right? Because the whole point of guerrilla warfare is people will say, okay, what about the civilians who don't want to be in this conflict? And they'll say, oh, the rebels are making it worse. Like there's yeah. nah, but they haven't know. they haven't taken it to the civilians yet. Maybe maybe that'll come. But we do we do see that that whole uh, I don't know that whole planet or that uh, that working working class sector of the mm-hmm. empire. You could tell everybody there hates the empire nobody likes their <laughs> station and that i mean that whole scene of just them like locking down all the shops and storefronts yeah. and and, and bang, clanging, clanking all on all the metal objects around to basically like signal to the entire community like the long arm of the law is here <laughs> we do not like these people we're gonna hide from them and we might even attack them so yeah. i i think just that ominous threat of that kind of thing <laughs> happening it it, it made it feel energy. grounded, right? It felt like <laughs> it felt like guerrilla warfare. It felt like, you know, uh, were you disappointed? The clanking kind of didn't lead to a whole lot. Well, they they kind of they like, alluded to it, like yeah. Andor's Andor's uh, surrogate mom or <laughs> kidnapper, or whatever yeah. you want to call her. Uh, yeah, she alludes to the fact that you don't want to be around uh, when they stop, when that clanking stops. Um, and that that promise did not quite get fulfilled. No, like. uh, Think, am I revisited? Maybe, but the clanking actually stopped. Like they made a point of it stopping, and then nothing happened. So it was, it was a little bit weird. <laughs> um, so this, I love late lightsabers as much as the next guy, right? But we're we're back in this Rogue One aesthetic of, like you said, the normal people, the regular guys. Nobody's a Force user. Nobody has access to a Kyber crystal here. Nobody has access to like. Uh, a really great Beskar armor. Yeah, none of that. I guess what, Luth, Luther, what's his name? Not Luther. Luke? Nope. Uh, Stella Skarsgård character. What's what's his name? Luthen, something like that. So Luthen has money, it seems like. Um, but but everybody else is just sort of scrapping their way to, to wherever they can get to. Um, what are the details that are standing out to you as you're watching these first few episodes? Because I think... There's just a ton of cool things that they've done in the show that aren't necessarily plot driven, but they help characterize the world or the people um, and and the values of these different worlds. So what have you liked? What stood out to you so far? Uh, I mean, I can tell you, well, I can tell you for like what I was looking at. I mean, the, the performance by Luna was by Diego Luna was really cool. And I think part of it is because he doesn't have to be a detached helmeted, you know, character like we saw in the past three Disney plus, you know, things. So like Boba Fett is, is pretty like stoic. Mandalorian is obviously extremely stoic. Jin Jaren is, is not able to express in very many ways. He's not able to emote. And that was one of Brian's biggest criticisms. He can't it. show his damn face. <laughs> but even when he did, he was still not super emotive. Um, but, that was then, by, but that was by design, which worked when he had his helmet off. Debatable. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying it's not, it's a nice thing. And even Obi-Wan is a Jedi, right? And so he's very much in this like spiritual place. Diego Luna and, and his character here, um, uh andor is not that he's expressive he uses his whole body his whole face you you can feel what he's feeling stellan skarsgård similarly right is able to uh use his body use his acting and his face to really get you to feel what they're feeling and get you to understand what that character is about you're not just guessing and you're not feeling like oh, i can't relate to I can't relate to this person, you know, like it's it's hard to relate to Ginger and it's hard to relate to Boba Fett. They're just sort of, you know, very, very stiff. Um, and the characters in this this are not. So I they talk they cool. do that thing as we talk they do that thing I was talking about, Wes, where people don't talk in shows the way they do in real life. In the other shows, people are kind of more like monologuing and giving weird just like one liners. 
And then this one, there's real organic back and forth between people. Oh, yeah. It does feel it does feel more organic, I, yeah. Like when Andal's at the crib and his mama is just grilling him about, hey, yo, what they doing asking about this planet? When the yeah. hell did this ever come up? And you could watch it. This is great acting. Watching him stutter and stammer because his mama <laughs> rightfully called him out he just he was like no like, nobody th- 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 okay th- maybe th- one person who, who did you tell yeah th- th- hold on they are fam if you if you tell him if, if, <laughs> yeah you can watch you must him. have told him yeah you can watch him. and then she's just like and what about all these girls and i don't even know all the names yeah. there was tisha taniqua <laughs> lashana uh, uh uh i met nikki at an ice cream parlor he looking like dmx in the song <laughs> <laughs> and he's just uh uh <laughs> but just it, it, yeah to your point it's fun to watch the protagonist like he's there's multiple like conversations he has with other characters where he's he's not i don't know he's not winning if that makes sense oh, i don't yeah. know people put obstacles. him on his toes yeah people like rightfully call him out like he's a point he's trying to call in a favor and home is like no i'm done with you I want nothing to do with you. You tapped out every favor we've done. He's like, come on, come on, come on, brother. Come on, let me borrow you. Let me borrow your charger. Let me, let me just, let me just hold a couple dollars. You know, Why is give me a burger today. Yeah. Give me a burger today, and I'll give. You, I give just, you two tomorrow. Two he tomorrow. Pull, he pulling all the stops, <laughs> but all that just builds his character. Of, you know, he's clearly our protagonist. It doesn't mean that he is inherently heroic. And even though we're following his story, he hasn't really done anything heroic yet. He's he's really just self interested and kind of just doing what's in his best interest, which is still the result of like foolishness. So it'll be nice to see these, maybe it's happened with y'all and I'm only in episode two, but I'm hoping we get to really see him find, you know, he know, he know he's going to find a greater purpose. It's going to be fun to see how that happens. But he doesn't find his greater purpose. Well, I guess he does find it a little bit before rogue one. Yeah. But in he's, rogue at that one, point, he's with he the switches rebels. there too. Yeah. But he sort of, he has a big change in rogue one. His, his, his change in point of view is actually one of the bigger ones, right? He's he's the win at all costs guy. He's like super committed to being a rebel and destroying the empire, but forgets to see the humanity, right? And and his relationship and his interactions with Jin or so is what helps him start to see like we do have to also still be who we are. We still have to have our feelings and do what's right. And like that he he's reminded about why he's doing all of these things. Right. And that you can't just be a terrorist to be a terrorist. Right. Like it's not just about you have to acknowledge that there's people. Everyone, you know, has their own humanity. So in this one, is that what happened? Is it? Yeah. (laughs) Savon's giving you the most incredulous look right now. And it's lasted for a good two minutes. (laughs) Um, Your face is going to get stuck that way. It it might. I mean, the other thing was talking. One of the details that I really loved in this one is like you said, the the worlds feel like they have their own culture and it's been sort of thought out in, in their environment. Like it makes sense why a group, a, a town that is entirely based around like mining and manufacturing has just this flat table of a bell. That's really unique and w- that you play by hammers. And it's cause like, Oh, that's literally like, that's a representation of what their culture is and what they valued. The, the Cassian's Canari tribe, their their group is very ragtag looking, but the way that they have their weapons, they're very clear on like what their their strategies are going to be. They don't have to explain it. The kids know how to use their their tools to to great effectiveness. Um, you know, so this show seems like it's really well thought out. It wasn't sort of just rushed together. And the thing I really like so far, at least, is they haven't dropped in a whole lot of like fan service cameos. Thank God. Ahsoka, I'm looking at you. Wes, that is the worst take you've had. And I read that in the notes and I was just like, I felt my face flash. I was just like, this is such a dumb take. It's I'm a sorry, great Wes. take. No, no. No, the no Ahsoka take. No, the Ahsoka t- part. She, his, she just drops into Mandalorian, does you nothing, named has that no character, impact, and then leaves. That's it. That's what happened. You could have named that character Bob and you would have been okay with it because yes. it didn't exist in something else. Absolutely. But they what, didn't. Brian, you see how that's a dumb take? It. However, I... I think, are you calling it dumb because the Ahsoka episode was actually like the best episode of The Mandalorian? 
<laughs> I mean, that's it. Well, Ahsoka like did, she made she it a in. better show by her presence, but then she dropped it. She he's mad because she exists in other and then, media, and then that she is said, why he's upset. deuces and left. No, she was no, like, no, thanks. I, I don't think it's that she exists in other media. I think it's they they use it just to bait fans. They they just use it to make you thirsty and like, oh but, yeah. But if you know it's the, the character already, it's a has. dub. Yeah, but if it's yeah, but if you don't watch, if you don't know who Ahsoka is, it doesn't take anything away. It does because she, we know she oh, was. A ge- we're not going to leave. I didn't know who Ahsoka was. I didn't know who Ahsoka was. That was my point. But I thought I'm, she yeah. was a dope. No, character. I agree. That was part of it that you guys had built her up so much. But also, she was the Jedi, and they were looking for a Jedi. So they had spent four episodes looking for a Jedi. They drop her in. She's the Jedi, and then she's like, "Nah, I'm I'm good. Thanks. Like, I don't need." I any feel of like this. you did not watch that episode because there was an entire plot thing that explains why she couldn't. Just because they explained we, it doesn't mean it was good. Like, I mean it. It just didn't make sense. Whatever. I love so, how Wes used this example to basically relitigate something that we argued about like two yeah. years ago. We don't need to do that. I was right. It, that was a stupid use of her, given that she was awesome. Ryan is right. She was awesome in that episode. And then they were banish like, no. yourself to the shadow realm. <laughs> anyway, so we do we do get mentions of, or we see we see Mon Mothma, who is someone we've seen in other previous things. So I think that is a little bit like okay, we're trying to connect them. Um, I think is going to show up here in, in an episode or two, but for some reason, these seem to work a little bit better, right? She, we, it feels like Mon Moth is going to come back. She actually like has a part to play in this and it makes sense why she's here given the stakes of where they are in the timeline. So it doesn't feel like, oh, we're just going to have Mon Mothma here so we can spin her off into her own show. So good job. This show you disgust me. You disgust me. Why? You said before they did it with no reason. I no said reason. they gave a reason. Then you said it doesn't matter if they give a reason if I don't like the reason. Just like stop moving your damn goalposts. Your arguments are bad and you no should way. feel this bad. Stupid Wes. reason. She I want like, you to uh, go into the Texas uh, Devon and get a you know go on a really vision quest. And I want Grogu. you to meditate meditate I, on your takes. She did a whole thing where she like connected with Grogu and then she was like, "No, Yo, I can't." Venmo West money so we can send him just on like a sabbatical so that he can realign himself and maybe you. you I don't know, Wes. You no. She was like, "I can't." No, okay. I'm on your bumper today. Sorry. A whole I'm episode sorry. where she was a star and clearly the one meant to train Grogu and then was like, "Meh." That was just poor writing. Really. I'm just gonna be on my way. Are you okay. agreeing with this garbage take, Brian? It's bad writing. No, I mean he's. I, I mean he's right. Ahsoka did should have been the one to take Grogu, and then they're like, "Well, we're saving her for her own show." She said, "Why?" That's like, the reason. That. We know the reason. During these episodes, do y'all just get like dangerously high and do you then just, just watch the colors and don't do nothing else? Do you just believe everything that they feed you on screen? Like. <laughs> Why, stuff all the why time. are you Just so not like, accepting of that stuff? If it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. I just think y'all don't make sense. I mean, you're not wrong there. It's okay. However, <laughs> I'm really this just one bringing some clash point. to this show. <laughs> but I will, I will say, like, um, I do think, I do think Star Wars or Andor actually. I mean, just through and through, we've already talked about it. it. Has way better writing than these other shows, right? Like, I can't even tell you why. It just feels better. It feels more real. It doesn't make me roll my yeah, eyes. Yeah, because they, these are real characters who have agendas that conflict Relatable with agendas. other people's agendas, and you can feel the tension and the anger coming from those characters, right? Like, as you pointed out, most Star Wars characters are not allowed to even express any sort of emotion. Oftentimes, it's the androids who have way more character than the, you know, the oh damn, the bipedal characters <laughs> and, and Chewie, right? And for once, for once, we get, you know, when it comes to Rogue One and Andor, and now Andor, we actually get the human characters who, you know, who get to feel rage and show, you know, show intensity that is driving all of their behavior, and that behavior makes logical sense to us right in the way that it's being the way that the story is unfolding it's like Mm -hmm. okay i get it i get what this guy is after i get that he's angry i get that he is scared also scared for his life um Mm -hmm. and that brings me to the other thing that i think elevates this show relative to the rest of the star wars canon or the recent the recent star wars canon is that i feel like this show actually has something to say other than 
let's show like cool blasters and lightsaber battles and talk about random Star Wars uh, lore, uh, which, you know, I could give a damn about. I know Mike is all over it, but I'm not. Um, so what I'm, what <laughs> I'm talking about. the last time I heard the term world building? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and they do do good world building the thing, in this show. Yeah, to the be thing fair. is that yeah. this show does world building really well. Like like the mining town and, and people clanking on 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 objects and and the guy ringing the bell by clanking on an anvil yeah all of that great world building uh the other part of the world building that i think where it really matters more and that the tony gilroy and company are trying to say something is when it comes to our baddies right and when we're when we're talking about the corporate security for one like the first three episodes not even the empire really it's who the empire has hired yeah uh, they're outsourcing their goonery to yeah so it's (laughs) too busy i i mean (laughs) come on the u.s does it too right like we send we send mercenary mercenaries to iraq and stuff the entire cold war (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh and then uh you know and and, you know they're oppressing the you know the mining people Uh, and then we get then finally in episode four we get the imperial bureaucrats who are you know having tense meetings about this stuff and bickering over uh you know territory jurisdiction territory jurisdictions it's like uh, a small council meeting? corporate ladders yeah uh and and we and because we we're getting all of that we're kind of seeing you know systems of oppression at play uh, if if I if I can get a, if I can jump on the uh, academic high horse for a second, you know, like yeah, yeah like we're, John, we're we got room. We're we're seeing you know <laughs> we're up, seeing baby. how this kind of stuff, how this kind of stuff just works, right? Like there are individuals in these positions who are essentially given some form of authority, uh, given a little extra degree of ability to go out and use a blaster against people to rough up the population, uh, uh, you know, to just wreck things up and, you know, and people are, you know, taking an inch and going a mile with it. Uh, and that has devastating consequences for people like Cassian Andor. And that's why they're upset. That's <laughs> this is yeah. exactly why the rebellion exists in the first place which is something I don't think we get to see a lot of in the rest of Star Wars. Like, we just take it at face value that these guys are evil. But this is how we get to see evil not perpetrated by the Darth Vader-type character, but by a group of ordinary people, right? They are the ordinary people on the other side of the divide. Um, And we see exactly what they're capable of, too. Um, And especially with the dude that launched the entire investigation into Cassian, Right. Like his own boss told him to let it lie. And he was like, I, I got to do my duty. You know, we can't let people run amok and let them get away with this. We really need to clamp down on these guys. And he finds somebody else who is just as zealous as he is uh, to, you know, amp up to that whole spiel of like law and order. Yeah. Uh, if that sounds familiar to you and now we got to go crack some heads and that you know that that is that's kind of the world that we're living in some people really want authoritarianism right and this is where this this is how that's being uh you know made plain in the star wars universe and so i think i think this show is is actually really commenting on on all of those things and then and then so the rebellion is going to take on even more weight and meaning uh, once they start ramping up uh, in the second half of the series. I'm actually really liking the complexity of all of that so far that they've layered in. The the corporate security folks, right, in some ways, they have power, and yet they don't have a lot of power, right? They're still kind of serving at the whims of their corporate overlords, powers that be, and the way they're getting incentivized to do different things ends up sort of creating the situation that that is in and we don't know the full situation we don't know what laws they tend to enforce and don't enforce yet um and the, the supervisor who's like hey if you go after this like this creates actually these other ripples and problems in terms of like our careers not necessarily in terms of the people or in terms of like how the the, the colony functions and in some ways like 
that's bad too, right? Like if you just do things to like check the boxes in your job, when your job is actually supposed to be security or whatever, you might end up being negligent in a way that actually lets all of the certain things that you don't want to have happen, happen. Um, but maybe that's good for their belly and maybe that's bad for their belly and we're not really sure. And then it's kind of interesting when we get a, a really a peek into the the empire's role in this and in a more centralized way, like at the sea, like it's like a couple levels above that. C-suite. Yeah, right. You're, you're starting to see like the, the little, uh, the, the vice president level, right? We're seeing what they're doing and how they own these different territories. And it's not clear to me yet whether the folks that run this are clear that what they're doing is evil or whether they actually think in some ways, like if I hit these targets and I do these different things that my supervisor asking of me, I will be holding the empire together. Oh, totally. Right? Maybe they're, it doesn't You're seem like You're describing capitalism right now. Yeah, no. they're, like, they're yeah, bureaucrats. Could, this, this could not be, yeah. this could be a not Star Wars conversation and all of the talking points you make. This is how it works in real life, dude. Yeah, People yeah, yeah. But positions. I don't think they're, I don't think they're fully unaware. I don't think they're like, well-intentioned either right so far the the two that we've seen the most interact in, in the latest episode brian i don't i wouldn't say that they're well-intentioned i think they know they're screwing over people that's, that's my by point, doing though. what they're doing that, that's but my they point, also though. feel that it's their that's what they're te- responsible for right uh and that's what they're right. going to do right? yeah and i don't know that they know that the impact of that is going to be thousands of people are going to lose their lives or not yet. Like, I'm not sure if these folks are on the zealot spectrum. Are they closer to like Kylo Ren and they love the empire or, and you know, or that guy that loves the first order in the later, you know, episodes, or are they closer to like, Hey, I'm just trying to do my job and do it well. And the result of that ends up being like, I'm fucking people over. Uh, that part is hard to tell. And yeah. I like that it's complex right now. They haven't made them seem I mean, like, oh, bo- we're seeing the both. humanity in these like vice presidents. Like, no, they got there by being a little bit ruthless. But I don't know if they know that r- being a little bit ruthless means that like thousands of people are dying or living in poverty. They're like white collar workers who are tasked with some duty that involves things that are very far away from them and their yeah. everyday lives. Um, but they're just focused on doing that job so that they can climb the corporate ladder. Right. It's like uh, fill out my reports, make sure yeah. they're good. Let's I'm, get the most productivity. I'm fighting that. for more jurisdiction so that yeah. I can get a promotion yeah. and climb but, this ladder. Uh, and I really, maybe, maybe I do know that it hurts people. Maybe I don't, but that yeah. is kind of insignificant for me yes. getting my job done. Yeah, that, right. that's, that's the how, way that I read it. Yeah. I mean, I that's how so this depression works. But like, they're not yeah, they're not exactly. evil in the way that like the jet like General Tarkin, right? Or something like that. Th- these are not that level of malevolence. Yeah, but it feels that's like how so is, far. Yeah, but that's how it works. That's exactly how it is in real life. In yeah, real life, it this isn't, is why that, yeah, I like it. This is nice yeah, about that. Yeah, in real life, it isn't Jeff Bezos getting his his scalp oiled <laughs> and him rubbing a cat saying, Ah, oh, we're gonna <laughs> take <laughs> over. Yeah, I mean, you it's <laughs> that, but what it's perpetuated by is one you know dollars. people in positions of power who are ultimately just doing quote unquote doing their job and they For definitely sure. know oh this keeps people in poverty or this screws over workers or oh you know my money comes from people being paid below living wage like there's no way i mean there's probably some levels of cognitive dissonance but there's definitely a like i think it's very similar to real life where you know in some point what role you play in the system but the way the systems work is that if you diffuse the responsibility in enough directions, everybody has plausible deniability. So outside of whoever's maybe the emperor, everyone else can kind of just pull some variation of the I was just following orders, doing my job card. You know, if you're the person who makes a tank that blows up innocent people, to what extent should you be held culpable? If you're the person who's oh, responsible exactly. for deployment and assigning battalions of ships that do atrocities, where is that? You know, it's it's what makes these conflicts complicated is because people are some people by choice or not are forced into these systems where you have a hand in it and some people have a bit more say in their role others don't and it does make it hard to say okay well are anybody's hands clean what's the sliding spectrum of your hands being clean you know okay what if you knew something that you could have done to stop it but doing so would have been at great personal cost all right well do you expect people to throw their lives away for to maybe do the right thing for a cause like it's, it's it's messy but I do agree that this is a bet one of the better depictions of how actual like evil in the world looks. 
it's not Darth Sidious. It's shareholders of people disconnected from it in such a way that it's not people's lives. It's just numbers. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's, that, what it, that's what it really looks like. And, uh, you know, Tony Gilroy's track record, I mean, the Born, the Born Identity series trilogy, where actually there's four movies. Uh, there's that Jer- Jeremy Renner version, Hawkeye up in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, uh, so there's five, actually, then. Oh, but Jeremy Renner, uh, the Hawkeye version, that's kind of like his uh, assassin persona in the MCU. <laughs> so maybe maybe they unleash him. But anyway, I mean, <laughs> like this... It's it's a similar theme in those movies, right? Is like, you, you yeah. know, Bourne is just some agent, right? And that they right. take advantage of him, and, and then there's like the dark, shadowy. Well, know, and then he becomes a bureaucrat. threat, and so then they're like, yeah. "Well, we'll just erase him." Like, yeah. it's just a, it's just the a small deletion. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I, so I think we have that going on here with the uh, with the imperial folks, but then we also get the zealot dude that's in the corporate law enforcement. Yeah, right. and he who he himself, uh, we get to catch a glimpse of his backstory in the latest episode. He himself looks like he comes from meager beginnings, just right. like the people uh, that Andor is with at the beginning of the show. Um, but yet he, you know, feels the need for the law and order uh, ideology, right? And so I, you know, I think him something's going to happen with his character, obviously. I, f- I have a feeling that he might be weaponized by the Imperial forces at some oh, point, man. right? Um, oh, which I thought you oh, were saying maybe he would end up being like, oh, actually, I need to join the rebels. It could go that way. It, it could, could go that way. Oh, but if okay. this show is going to be weird. bleak, I don't know. No, if this show is going art. bleak, he's going to be weaponized by the by the Empire, right? Okay. In the same well, both, way... Or you get both. In the same way that we know some, uh, you know, uh, working working class law and order folks are also weaponizing, uh, yeah, the the universe that we exist in. January sixth, we're looking at you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, being people in power by design, you know, use propaganda to weaponize young men and radicalize them online, like radicalizing young men for causes that you don't want to basically fight proxy wars and culture wars isn't a new concept, you yeah. know. But it, oh, your that, point, it's Brian, the mo, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like the that's the number one that's the number one option in the playbook. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, How we do don't we, have to fight it. I, we just get these other people who love to and, fight. Yeah, let them go. Oh, bet this is this is easy, and yeah. it just stirs up dissidents and conflict and just beef. Oh yeah, this is a win. But no, Brian. I mean, either way, this character, his art can be really fun to watch. Either way, because I feel like no matter what direction you take it, it'll be satisfying. Oh, you yeah. watch him just go down a rabbit hole and becoming full on zealot empire. Do you see him fall so low that you realize this ain't it because he has a limit? Does his meager beginnings give him a shred of empathy that helps him do that? Does he go through a Zuko arc or do it like, you know, <laughs> Zuko, Zuko arc, Zuko arc, arc. Or, or a failed Zuko arc, which would be even better. There's for a character like this, because you can tell that it's not coming from a place of maliciousness, which is what I appreciate most. You know, oh, it's I annoying. think he was being malicious. But we're talking about we're talking about our friend from the beginning, right? Who was yeah, investigating? Yeah, yeah, but, like, yeah it, the Aryan dude. <laughs> yeah, like like he's not meant to be likable, but he no, almost gives me likeable. John Walker energy of he's not meant to be likable, but he's not just kick a puppy evil either. He just no. has ideals that are misguided and yeah, you know bit, yeah. manifest in toxic ways, which it's, yeah, I think it's is interesting, a more right? interesting character. He's he's a character he's not in evil. All, like if you dialed him back like five percent. He's like the ideal like teammate worker, right? He's like, I got your back. These were these were people I worked with. These were people like on my team. I want to have them have justice for what happened to them. Like and I he's don't right. think, th- yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. like, somebody shot should- him in the face, <laughs> right? Yeah. And he's like, we should. He's like, we <laughs> should make sure that like we do things right. We were like, get to the truth. Right. Like, let's not just like, oh, let's make up a lie because it was like whatever. He's like, no, we should do things the right way. We should handle it. Like he's like, I should present my like you saw he tailored his like uniform and they made a big deal of that. It's like because he takes pride in his work. And so if you dial back his his craziness by five or 10 percent, it'd be like, (laughs) dude, this guy would be like great to work with. You'd know he'd have your back. You could go like do anything with him and he would do things the right way. He'd be reliable. Like he's not about like he's not going to be bribed. Right. You can't you can't like. 
that's why he's gonna be a fun character. You know, like because he has those, he has like he has he's not likable, but he has admirable qualities. Yeah, it'll be different it's if he like, was shown so to be shysty like, and deceitful from uh, the beginning. But he's doing it for the police. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, what are you okay, doing? Okay, but I'm saying, but you you gotta look at it from his. You know, it's not about yeah, yeah, what exactly. side you're on. It's about what your lens is coming from. You I wish we knew more about do the him. right thing for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I wish characters we knew more about do the him. wrong thing for the right reasons. Well, we we are going to learn about his reasons. I think. I mean, they, I hope so. They show him going like home kinda, to his yeah. his like yeah. cute little like Italian Older mom moms, or something. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, slaps kinda, him though, bro. Yeah, yeah. And then, like and then she Andrew yells at the neighbors bit, right? across the way. What you not looking at? Like <laughs> she slaps, him. but then she hugs him. She slaps him and then hugs him. I think she used to be yeah. my landlord. <laughs> But but he is kind of an interesting parallel to Andor, right? A little bit of oh yeah. They both come from humble beginnings. They clearly have branched in opposite directions. And to your point, from what, like I said, I'm I'm still behind with y'all. But from him, he he's seems inflexible. To be, he you know what he has a moral code that he sticks to right. and values. Andor does not. Andor is very flexible. Andor. Yeah, and so but it's funny because <laughs> Andor is our protagonist, who's shown to be much less trustworthy and you know true to his word, and you right. know, he's a lot more slippery and you know kind of shysty like he owes yeah. people money he's not, he's not honorable. like dude we're, just because he's the protagonist y'all would hate someone who borrows money doesn't pay it back <laughs> and still yeah. asks for a million favors yeah. that's the worst person to be around but yet he's <laughs> our protagonist my and then our antagonist is a you know tight got it together mostly clearly very honorable but yeah. not likable and so i think that's going to be a fun journey to watch these two because you know we're clearly cheering for andor but you know, your boy's kind of like, I'm sitting there like, yo, I don't like you, but you're right. You know, you know that onion meme of the worst person you know makes good point? Like, it's just, <laughs> that's just him. <laughs> I, apparently, I get that award every episode from Savan. All right. Yes. Two, <laughs> two. Yeah. <laughs> to think about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What well, if you're like, worst person you know makes valid point? Like, yeah, Wes, you know, you knocked that one out the park. <laughs> I twitch. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's like, I'm a good person and I make terrible points. Maybe that's what Yeah, I think, yeah. That's, yeah, you say a lot of the wrong thing for the right reasons. <laughs> All right. Let's start wrapping up. We got two quick questions. So I think Star Wars fans, I think, should be into this. Um, I, I don't know that this is getting as widespread sort of play or, or attention right now, especially since there's so much other stuff going on in terms of shows and, and content and it's the beginning of the school year and all that. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. But should non... I want I want to think about like non-Star Wars. Like, should Anna be watching? Should Jen be watching? Should Tyler be watching? Are, are people who are not into the Star Wars universe, would they be into this show? And for me, I think... Yes, I think Diego Luna is great. Stellan Skarsgård has been fantastic. Like we've been talking about, the writing is good. The pacing is good. And I feel like you don't have to know about the wider Star Wars universe to start appreciating like what the situation is right here. Like You can get that in the first two episodes and, and jump right in and not have to feel like, oh, I don't know what like Darth Vader is. Like, okay, fine. But like that's not what this is about so far. Yeah, I think there's like, there is there is so much goodness going on in this show, and like you said, you really don't need any of the Star Wars canon to get it right. Like if you have ever watched, uh, you know, a crime noir movie, people doing the double speak, trying to get out of bad situations, trying to get out of dodge, you like, there's something there for you to grasp onto. And then now that we're in in episode four, we're we're switching to more of the you know what's going on with the guerrilla campaign of the rebellion uh and what are the things that they have to do to execute their plan they're actually they're planning a heist uh through and through so i think we're gonna get some more of those tropes coming in and so if you're into any of those things i think there's plenty here and then all the stuff that we just talked about when it comes to the empire and how they're being treated and handled in this show uh you know i think that like i said i can could if compare this to systemic sort of thing yeah yeah but if you're into it's kind of like that depiction of evil that comes across in you know in like the born supremacy movies and whatever um i think that's there for you however i will say you know anna is a big star wars fan she she loves those prequels let me tell you there there are some jar jar big stories in her childhood bedroom <laughs> terrible um y'all terrible, terrible. Anyway, stop she, defending the terrible. She has uh, she has decided to invest more time in her phone 
than watching Andor with me. <laughs> so, oh, okay. So I, you know, like I think this this style of show it might actually not be for everyone. But I do think it's a great entry point into the Star Wars universe for people that don't typically like Star Wars. Savan, what do you think? You disgust me <laughs> today. But uh, <laughs> no, but in terms of the overall show, I think that the Star Wars tag to it will push more people away for what is otherwise to what we talked about a really good show because it's not about the star wars tends to lean into being more of a fantasy epic this isn't a fantasy epic this is a spy to your point crime thriller this is more of a thriller than anything Mm, else and i and you know a lot of the the visual things you expect to see in star wars aren't there this isn't a lightsaber story that isn't the force so things like that that some people just aren't going to be into isn't even present in the show. Ships don't shoot blasters. Pew, 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 yeah, like you know there yeah. aren't like some people aren't in. It yeah, for that. no pew pewing. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of that. Like you know those little even for, like I said I'm not as far as y'all, but even the one example of us seeing a blaster, it was used very sparingly and lethally. It's like yeah, hey, we're not firing off a million shots and then dodging them. No, it was a uh, we held them up, bop, shoot them in the head. Very, very to the point. Wait so I, till I think, wait till you get to the episode three moped chasing though it kind of takes it down. No, I'm just kidding. That'll be no fun. Moped chasing. Well, you have a hoverboard chasing. <laughs> so, so I think the show for what it actually is, you don't have to be a big Star Wars fan or even like Star Wars to enjoy it. Because to your point, Brian, when I first started watching it, I was like, "Yo, this is giving me big cyberpunk vibes." Oh yeah. Like this is how I felt when I was playing the cyberpunk game. Even like the double speak and the, you know, you have fences and the little underworld stuff that's big in cyberpunk. So that alone could scratch the sci-fi itch people want, and then the rest you're getting is just character-driven drama, which works really well. I think this show is good and accessible the way I think She-Hulk is, where these big IPs can feel intimidating because of all the related content, and you don't really have to know other things in the MCU or in Star Wars to watch those shows and say, okay, pop me in, what's happening? Right point, wrong example. The like Avengers. for this show, like, like for this show, it drops you right into Star Wars. You don't need to know any Star Wars characters because everyone is yeah. pretty much a completely original person. Yep. Every other show, it wasn't the case. Obi Wan, Mando, a little bit, but I think there was a lot of them going off the recognition of the armor and the culture piece. You know, Boba, we already had. This is a very new thing that they've done. Well, Rogue One, I guess, but yeah, Rogue One itself was new. I think is also the point too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's play a game. The rules are very simple. It's called, How Will They Ruin It? So Disney gets its little tendrils into Star Wars sometimes and kind of messes with it. So what's the most plausible way you can think of that this show in the next few episodes or the remainder of the episodes will get messed up? Brian, what are you betting your money on? How are they going to screw this up? They are actually... I, I know some of the things that you guys are going to say, so I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna go with something a little different. All right. They're going to... Disneyfy this show by making it a happy ending story where Andor has this great conversion and he's like, yeah, we gotta fight the Empire. <laughs> and he's like, I just like, he just does a sharp turn and he's all all for it. And and then like he's he's gotta do like his big hero thing and he gets like super plot armor by, <laughs> you know, shooting like I don't know, like a thousand Imperial uh, stormtroopers. And we have no idea how he did that with one tiny blaster while they had tanks coming at him. And and then he's going to fly off into to the sky and like not a single injury. No one died. <laughs> You're right. describing the original Star Wars ending. Our boy, our boy Zuko <laughs> is going to like come in and help him. And they're going to like be best buds. And, and like pinch each other's cheeks. Uh, describing in, uh, episode Millennium six. Falcon. I might like this actually, Ugh. but all right. <laughs> Y'all describing all the stuff that happens in the original movies. Yeah, Brian doesn't want that. That's no, he wants that, it to be. That would but also because totally this is starting gritty. What they're setting us yeah. up for. Yeah. All right, I get that. So I think they're gonna mess this up. We're gonna get a few more episodes in, and then they're gonna drop Ahsoka into the thing as a shut cameo. Up. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. The show for no shut reason. Up up she's gonna help them do the heist she's gonna help them do the heist and then be like no i gotta go i'm sorry guys i can't help with send me your address i can't do this no more we are fighting fisticuffs (laughs) 
I, I don't care. Put your dog up. It's a one on one. Meet me outside. Meet, Meet me outside. outside. You could tell your wife and child they could watch. They could not watch. I don't care. We're doing this. I would totally I watch. If Ahsoka shows up, Brian, you next. Immediately, immediately, I'm turning it off. I will not. I'm watch riding it on both. I'm riding on both of y'all. She is alive during this part. This is a timeline where she is alive. It needs to go away. You need if, to if go she away. Shows up, if she shows up, I literally will just stop watching. I'll turn it I'm gonna off. I'm going to put we'll you in timeout, B. And see her up. Have you what put your baby uh, in timeout? I'm going to put you in timeout. If the Mandalorian shows up, I definitely am going to throw my TV out of the window. <laughs> what are we doing here? Stop. I'm going to send a glitter bomb to your crew. And I love, and you know I love Ahsoka. Like, she was awesome in that show. Just don't put her in the show. Let her have her own show, and it'll be great. Savan. How are they going to mess this up? How are they going to Disneyfy it? I don't enjoy. I don't. I don't concern troll about things that downfall. I watch. I don't pray on the downfall of things <laughs> that I watch for entertainment. I don't know. I don't know if this is just a new thing the internet or y'all <laughs> like to do of just pretend everything will suck so that you. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm about to watch the show, and if it's good, it's good, and if it's not, it's not. I'm not about to sit and just wring my fingers over. I'm sure they're gonna do. Savan does not hey, understand man. content creation. This, like, is... this is just no. You know, I'm a straight shooter. Fun. I keep it a buck fifty. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't. I'm not here to create content for you. you I'm here to spit short, some bro. truth. That's my. Short. I don't know what they could do is have you and Brian continue <laughs> to give Star Wars based takes. That's the worst thing they could do. The worst thing they could do is have like a fan commentary and then they bring in y'all, you you old Ludite decrepit. Oh my god, boomer, can I do the boomer, fan commentary? Boomers. Christian, <laughs> Christian Hayden needs to go. He's just not not a good actor. And I, I, you're not I, a good actor. Wanna, I'm not trying to hate on him. I could not do it better, but I am hating on him because he's not a good actor. Y'all are just hey, he was good in Obi Wan. Y'all are slinging yeah. these ice cold takes. I'm gonna need the viewers at home and if they listen to this, I'm gonna need them to really like. I'm gonna need people to take sides. We're about to go full civil war in this chat. In this, I mean, it is pod. no secret that I do not like Star Wars at this point. So, <laughs> no one Star Wars fans I hate like Star Wars. Wars more than anybody. I, I am not drinking the George Lucas Kool Aid because it tastes Star like Wars piss. Fan, Star Wars fans like maybe one or two Star Wars movies between them. I like Star which Wars. Star Wars movies do you like? What Episode Five? That's it. I like four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, five sounds Nine. right. Four, four like and five. All. I like all. The, I like. I like all the for the original three. I like the last three. I just didn't like the prequels. Four, five, and Rogue One. That's it. Rogue One's good. So you like three Star Wars movies out of all the shit they've put out, <laughs> and I've seen all of that, it. That reached the Star Wars fans. Star Wars fans don't like nothing. <laughs> Why do we hate, hate ourselves? I, think I like hate that's y'all who hate y'allself. I, I like seven I of like. the movies. I'll take seven. I like seven of the movies. Y'all are awful. Well, Mike doesn't like the last three. Mike don't Which like ones? anything. Do you- <laughs> <laughs> Mike hasn't seen the sunshine ever. <laughs> well, do you like all? Do you like all like twelve of the Star Wars movies, including like Han Solo or whatever, and all these other ones? Wasn't crazy not? about Solo. I enjoy okay. the original trilogy, although yep. Ewoks are a big stain on Episode Six for me. Nah, I like it. Episode One, I enjoy just because I was a they're kid part of their and that was my intro It's about like Star David Wars. and Goliath, bro. Yeah, and it was poorly. It was. Uh, I get what they were going for. They're walking whack. teddy bears. It looked like it was walking teddy bears. You can't tell me that wasn't oh, them just trying to sell merchandise yeah. to children. Like, that's, that's don't a teddy bear. Call it. Call it what it is. If you like it, I'm not gonna hold it against you. But I have every right to think it's awful. Like, if you're allowed to hate Gungans, which you're allowed to, I'm allowed to hate Ewoks. Like, that's that's why I'm at with it. I will say tonight. counterpoint Transformers, the original Transformers movie, awesome. That's all there to serve to sell toys. Yeah, I mean Transformers is a franchise Hasbro. meant to sell toys. All the all the stuff y'all grew up to in the eighties was just toy all selling toy campaigns. Absolutely. So I don't want to hear shit <laughs> about y'all, y'all. Teenage y'all. Mutant Ninja Turtles, bro. I had all that stuff. Yeah, all so that, that pre-existed toys though. I will okay, say all right. that. Yeah, it was a comic series. But there's lots of toys that Still, went with it. I don't want to hear that. Episode episode one, I enjoyed because that was I was a kid. That was my foray into Star Wars. I like that the way people like four. Like, sorry, it's just. It has a place in my heart. Okay. Two was fun. Similar two reasons. I enjoy two is probably the worst, but again, I was a kid and there was lots of other content I enjoyed around it. Three, I still maintain is the best Star Wars movie. First half of 
three is terrible. Three also. is th- I think three is top. Like I could sit Three's right okay. now and put on Three's episode okay. three and watch it top to bottom. The second half like, I like. The be, second half I like. I think First one and three sucks. are okay. To be fair, I love. All I right. think three is peak Star Wars straight up. Right. Four was good, but too that was much not light. the point of this episode. <laughs> this no, is right. peak no, confidently too, wrong. I oh my god, we're just evolving. This I I did. I'm sorry. We got to end it. This was supposed to be just about Andor, not about ranking Star Wars. That could be its own podcast. This is like not how Andor is going to get messed up. This is how our podcast. Stuff. Yeah, we just start really getting then splinters. The slow decline began. <laughs> the the cracks. Yeah. This is the cracks, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we get our thirty for thirty. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is gonna be the one they point to. <laughs> uh huh. At this moment, you can see a real divide form between Brian and Wesley. They're gonna <laughs> do a slow mo replay. Uh-huh. After the departure of Mike in mid twenty twenty two, the compliment wrong to Savon now left along with the oldies. <laughs> I have no. Um, I don't have any idea how long this thing is going to go, like how many episodes it has. Hopefully, we're, we got about 10 or so. Um, but I'm excited. We'll see <laughs> this how... podcast. No, there's only 10 oh, more. I thought you were about to say shit. <laughs> He's ringing the bell. Oh, my right? God. Talk about Andor. Like, oh, no, okay, no, no, we... of Andor. Playing oh, there's 12. There's going to be 12 episodes. Ooh, that's oh, really? So, yeah, so they're, they're going for a while. Oh, wow. So this will be good. We'll get, to, we'll get to see it develop. We'll get to see it grow. I don't know how we didn't know that to start. You know, we, did our, we didn't do our research, listeners. Sorry about that, but not sorry. It's, it makes it more fun. Because now you're hearing us realize it in real time that we're going to get a good show for 12 episodes. It's going to be great. That's like half a, half a real like series. Can they hold like, it down for 12 episodes? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think so. We'll see. They got they got a lot of things they can do. That's, We're gonna learn more about Mon Mothma. I think that's a lot of runway to screw up. All right. It looks like oh, Diego Luna is credited for twenty four episodes, so they're gonna do a season two as well. It must have been confirmed at some point. Interesting. They're going all in. They yeah. Serious. So they're gonna drama. do two, two, at least two seasons of twelve episodes. Okay, well, let's wrap up there. Uh, next week, we'll be back. We'll be kind of diving back into some things we've already talked about. They're kind of hitting their stride now. She-Hulk. Um, and we wanted to talk about House of the Dragon. So look out for that coming next week. This show has been a lot of fun. Andor has been great. I think if everybody's listening to this, y'all should watch it. I mean, it's just, it's good. Give it, give it a couple episodes if you like it. Friends, it's been a good one. We got to wrap up here. It's time to go. Bye. Bye.